Twack, that new age crack. Listen, this dope literally paralyzes people, entire bodies, having them convulsing, doing the most craziest body movements you've ever seen in your life. And not only is this dope prevalent all throughout the nation, but specifically in the prison system, man, all throughout the chain gang, there is this dope that's called Twack, and it's flooded everywhere. Listen, I done seen the best Chris Breezy, Chris Brown moves in my life by some dude, bro, like who can't even dance. The most regular, goofy, white person you've ever seen in your life. But literally while he was high on that twack, I swear to you, I have never seen the most fluid Chris Brown, and he was not even just doing it for like a couple seconds. He, no cap, was on the top bunk just doing this for like a good three minutes, and the whole dorm was wilding. Everybody was like, look, 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 and he was just, ah, 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 nonstop. I'm talking about he was like every, I can't dance, I can't do it, but he was killing it. Twack, that new age crack. Right, good afternoon. This is State of Florida versus Stephen Testo with multiple cases before the court. What's poppin', man? It's your boy Iada King, and this is the Incarceration Podcast, where I talk about prison, pre, post, and present, and how everything that I experienced throughout my incarceration has forever changed my life. This is the incarceration. Prison family, forever convicts, listen, we are on the journey to 5,000 subscribers. Right now, we're already past the halfway mark. We're at 2,600. So if you haven't subscribed yet, please stop right now. Scroll down a little bit. Go ahead and subscribe. As a matter of fact, go ahead and share this video with one of your homies, somebody you know, so we can continue to grow this channel with some fire, authentic, real prison stories, and some dope prison content. So go ahead, man, light up the comments, share something, man, a prison story. If you've been locked up, if you've been incarcerated, go ahead and drop a story in the comment box, man, so we can continue to keep the conversation going and we can share everything that we learned all throughout our incarceration. It's prison. No one's there for being a law-abiding citizen. So obviously, you got nothing but convicts, criminals, Finessers, manipulators, liars, murderers, rapists, thieves. I'm talking about the worst of the worst. So what's going to be in prison then? Dope. Drugs. It's obvious. I don't care how secure. I don't care how many police they got. I don't care whatever they think they can do to try to prevent it. It will never happen. The prison system has always been and will always be flooded with dope. This is what it is, man. There's drugs all throughout the prison system, throughout the world, obviously in America. And I'm not just talking about like, you know, some loud, some weed. I'm talking about any drug you can think of from cocaine to crack to meth to, you know, weed to wine. Not only that's made in prison, but even, you know, alcohol, liquor that's smuggled in. Anything that you could find on the street that is dope. Pills, Percocets, heroin, anything that is in society, it's also in prison. 
That's just what it is. All right, so listen, there's this new drug, and I guess it's not really new anymore. From my knowledge and to my remembrance, I think it was maybe like in 2010, 2011, I was in prison my first time and I was at work, at least I think is when I first heard of it. And the nickname back then, it used to be called Ren, like Ren Ren. And I think it's because the main company that made it was called Serenity. So what it was, it was like legal marijuana, legal weed that you could buy in like the smoke shops and, you know, like just the gas stations, you know, everybody was selling it and it was legal. And it was just like a chemical sprayed on like some type of uh, incense is what it was supposed to be. But people were smoking it and it was getting you high. And, you know, it didn't show up in drug tests. So a lot of people who are on papers, you know, probation, um, you know, their alternative, you know, people who smoke, you know, loud, they smoke weed a lot. Their alternative was to smoke um, this like incense, you know, Serenity was like the biggest brand. And then also K2, you know, and I know that's still a big name for it. So it was like Spice, K2, Serenity, we used to call it like Rin Rin, whatever. Uh, but like throughout, you know, the years and wherever state you in, obviously the nickname is interchangeable and is used differently in different places or whatever. But Toon, Toonchi, that's a big, uh, that's a big nickname as well, especially here in Florida. So anyways, like I remember at the beginning stage, of when this stuff came out, it was legal first. You know what I mean? It wasn't that potent. But as time continued to progress, that stuff was getting stronger and stronger and stronger to the point to where people are like going to the hospital and dying and people are falling out. But I think as it continued to progress, is when like the government seen like, yo, this stuff is poison. They made it illegal. I remember they were doing like raids on gas stations and corner stores and all the stuff and smoke shots because they were still selling it, running that bag up, even though it was illegal and whatever, you know? So it was been like, I think outlaw for years now. But anyways, whole point that I'm getting at is this dope, which in chain gang is mostly called twat, you know, that twat because it makes people go crazy. I'm talking about someone will hit that stick, you know, in the back stall or in the cell or whatever. And all of a sudden you hear people scream and they're throwing up. You already know they're on that twack, you know, they're on that tomb, you know, and it's got them going crazy. So, you know, it started off, you know, not just in the streets, but especially like, you know, just like any other drug in society, you know, it ends up in prison too, you know? So as time continued to progress, you know, just like anything else, you know, you know, people get worse and get creative and, you know, the people are making the stuff, you know? So I don't know if they got this chemical and they're putting it on like whatever, literally grass or oregano or anything they can get their hands on, whatever. I think it's just the chemical that gets the people high. Whole point I'm getting at is that twack, that tune, that poison is flooded in the chain gang. And honestly, it's probably like the drug of choice in the prison system, that twack. So listen, man, this stuff gets people like super high. I cannot stress it enough. I'm talking about if you go to some prisons to where like it's flooded and even like the administration may not care or they really can't do nothing about it. Yo, there's literally people twacking everywhere. I'm talking about like sometimes I walk into the chow hall, you just see people like, it literally looks like zombie land. Like people are twacking everywhere. Like everybody's like high on his twack. People curled up on the bunks. People laying under the bunks. People throwing up everywhere. Throw up all over themselves. Just like paralyzed, twitching. People falling out, dying, having the, you know, the medicals going everywhere, taking them on the stretcher, you know, taking the outside medical. Stuff is crazy, man. It gets people super high. 
you know, but it's not, doesn't last long. Some of it doesn't have like long hang time, you know, but it gets people crazy high. So of course, you know, like in the chain game, man, you got a lot of dope boys, man. So you got a lot of people, they're just trying to run that bag up and find an avenue, find a lane to where they can, you know, get that dope in there and they can make a killing. You know what I mean? Just, you know, you got your big players, you know what I mean? They're selling like a lot of it, getting a lot of money and just like on the streets, you know, you got the big dope boys and you got the guys nickel and diamonds. Same thing in the chain game. You got guys like who find the routes and they're making big plays and they're supplying like the whole pound. And then you also got the guys who are just, you know, just hustling off the little trickle effect. You know what I mean? They're just nickel and diamonds so they can fill up their locker with food and they can, you know, take care of themselves and not depend upon their family or their homies or their friends, whoever to send them money and they can take care of themselves or even send money money home. So it's a hustle. And then you also got your users. You know what I mean? You got the guys who just casually use, you know what I mean? Like they get high every once in a while or maybe, you know, once a week or once a month or whatever recreationally and they got control over over it. But then you got the other guys that, I mean, they're straight junkies. I'm talking about they're selling every chicken tray. They're selling their free phone calls. Anything they get their hands on, they're stealing, they're lying, they're manipulating, they're finessing, doing homosexual activity, whatever they can do to get that next sack so they can get high because they are in junkie mode. Guys are cleaning out cells, they're making beds, they're doing laundry, they're washing boxers, whatever they can do to get that next sack. But also just remember this, man. Anything that goes on in society, like yo, like that same, like the same system pretty much is in the chain gang. You know, it may look different, obviously, because of being in prison, the context is different, but it's like you got dope boys on the streets or big time dope boys and small time dope boys. Same thing in the chain gang. You got guys making big plays, guy making little plays. You know what I mean? Same thing on the street when it comes to people who use. You got people who use occasionally and then you got the straight fiends. Same thing in prison. You got people who use occasionally and you got the junkies who are junked out to the maximum. See, but one thing about this twag, bro, is it kills a lot of people. I remember, man, this one time I was at this prison and there was this batch of dope that was going around and it was called that black. Now, this black was killing everybody. I remember in one month, no exaggeration, one month, eight people died on the pound behind this batch of dope. And you know what the crazy thing about it was? Is like the people who like the fiends, the junkies who like love twack, who love Tunchi, and that's all they want to do is smoke, you know, this crazy poison, this chemical. That's what they want. You know what I mean? Like I literally like seen one of my homies who was like junked out. Like the moment he heard somebody died, like the next thing he's doing whenever he gets outside the dorm, he's like, hey, hollering for somebody from the other side of the pound. Hey, I need that black. With a black hat. Like, bro, like, you know, this stuff is killing everybody. And he wants that because he knows how strong it is, man. It's crazy. It's a sickness. And these people, like, the stronger it is, the more they want it, even though they know it's killing people. I'm talking about it's dropping people. And the main way that people die, I mean, to my knowledge, is like they choke on their throw up. You know, so normally, like, they got smoking buddies. You know what I mean? Like, they get high together and they try to, like, help prevent each other from choking on the throw up. It's crazy, man. But I literally know somebody personally who had a life sentence 
won his appeal, gave his life sentence back, was about to go home in two years. He was down for 15 years, overturned his life sentence, was about to go home in two years. But he went to confinement. When he was in confinement, he got a sack of the black and he choked on his throw up and he died in his confinement cell. Sad, dog. Crazy. All behind that twat. All right, so let me just go ahead and answer the question. And I know that you're already thinking, did I, did I smoke twack while I was incarcerated? Of course, definitely, many times. So there were like different like periods throughout my incarcerations. Once again, I went to prison three times that I would, you know, smoke twack, K2, Tunchi, Rin Rin, whatever, you know, it was being called at that time. And I think the first time I was at work release, that's when it really was like on the street and it wasn't too much heavy in the prison system. And I think the majority of like a lot, of, it was more like socially acceptable for, I think, people on the streets, you know, to smoke K2 at that time, what it was called, or Rin Rin, because a lot of people were on probation and you could smoke this synthetic marijuana and it wouldn't show up like in your piss test. So it wasn't that strong then. You know, people weren't like, you know, having seizures and, you know, having all this crazy like body movements and seizing up and, you know, falling out and all this crazy. It wasn't that potent then. It was very, you know, it was still like kind of like put people in zombie mode, but it wasn't as serious as it became and as it is now. So that's when I first started smoking and when I was at work release, my first bid uh, transitioning from prison to work release. And instead of going home from work release, I actually messed up at work release and got sent back to prison because of twack. You know what I mean? Because we showed up at work and our boss wasn't there. And rather than us going back to the work release center, like, man, we finna just hang out in the city. And we were just on the city bus going downtown, smoking twag, not thinking clearly, clouding our judgment. And because of that, got me sent back to prison. Um, but the point that I'm getting at is there is different periods of time throughout my incarceration that, you know, I smoked twack. I definitely wasn't no junkie. I barely even smoked it. I could probably count on my hands. I work, at least I smoked it, you know, quite often, you know, when I was like 19, 20, I think I was 20. Um, you know, like I said, it wasn't that potent then and it was more socially acceptable, but over the years it became like that new age crack and it became super potent. So I only smoked it a couple of times after that while in prison. And once again, too, if you don't know the fullness of my story and my incarceration, as I was incarcerated, man, I encountered Jesus for real, authentically, and he completely transformed my life. So all throughout my incarceration, it was more like, you know, a missionary journey, number one, to where the Lord was transforming my life, but also to God began to lead me to walk in my purpose and the call that he had upon my life to not only know him, but to make him known to others. And that's just being active in ministry and the chain gang and really just grinding for the kingdom. But once again, now, you know what I mean? Coming from a street lifestyle and just all I know is chaos and man, just that destruction, that destructive, self-destructive pattern that I once had. Um, there was a lot of backsliding. There was a lot of rebellion and including that, you know, would also, you know, involve me smoking weed, you know, um, throughout my incarceration or drinking wine and even from time to time smoking twack. But I remember there's, there being like these few times that I did smoke twack, like throughout the years as it became twack and it became potent. 
that man, I had super bad experiences. I remember being, you know, a lot of people go to the back stall, you know, whether they smoke it like at the bunk in an open bay dorm, they smoke it like in the bunk. You know, it depends, man, like what type of dorm you in and how strict it is when it comes to the police and their, you know, surveillance. But some, you know, prisons and in some dorms, man, they're on that. You know, the police are always looking out the glass and if they smell smoke, they're going to shake down the dorm. So it becomes like a different culture in every dorm of how to go about you know, smoking dope, you know, smoking K2. Some people don't care, whatever, they blow at their bunk. But at this spot that I was at, at this point in time, it was the common place to go to the back stall and, you know, you would smoke your stick back there. So I go back there and it's me and my homie. I'm in the back stall. He's in the stall next to me and we're sitting down. And if you don't know what the back stall is, it's a bathroom. Like in the open bay dorm, it's a bathroom and they got rows of toilets, you know, where you take a crap and they got urinals where you piss. But the back stall is Jack Shack. You know what I mean? If you, you know, if you've been a car short, you know what that is, you know, where people take the flick books back there and handle their businesses, men, whatever. But also too, people be going back there with phones, you know, if they're trying to stay away from everybody, you know, cause it's right there against the wall or, you know, to smoke their dope or whatever. So me and my homie, we go back there and, um, you know, he's in the stall next to me and we're passing, you know, the stick, you know, back and forth. And I remember, you know, hitting the stick and getting high. And I remember, man, this stuff is so strong. I remember hitting it. And it's like, I just got hit with the realization that I was in prison. It felt like it was like for the first time. That's what dope does, bro. Like it completely like messes with your mind. So I remember hitting this joint, you know, after the first couple of times going back and forth. Now it's beginning to hit me. And I remember like the last time hitting it, I exhale and I blow it out. And I'm just like, it just hits me like, dang, dog. Like, what am I doing? It's like one of those like epiphany moments. To where like I'm in freaking prison, like hiding in this bathroom stall from the police, getting high. And I'm just like so paranoid and blowed. And I'm like, oh heck no. I remember my homie, you know, he left. And I remember I just got back there stuck. And I'm just paranoid. And finally I I muster up the courage just to leave and go back to the bunk and lay down, you know, stuck. And uh that's what they call that to act too. It gets people stuck. You know, them like them experienced junkies, you know what I mean? They can twack out and do whatever, scream, go crazy. Uh, but for some people like myself, it would like paralyze me and make me stuck. Um, so yeah, man, I just remember moments like that, you know, smoking twack and those, there were always bad experiences. They were always bad. They were never really enjoyable. Like how we could be, you know, nah, not the twack, man. It left me nothing but paranoid. But the whole point that I'm getting at just in the entirety of the episode, when it comes to twack or any drug, uh, not only inside prison, but just in life in general, for the most part, what? People are looking for a temporary high. And for whatever reason it may be, you know, running from pain, running from reality, uh, looking for that temporal high to get some sort of fulfillment or whatever it may be. And that being intensified times 10, especially in the prison system. Why? Because a lot of people are hurting, man. They're broken. You know, we've had our our freedom removed from us. You know, we're stripped from society, placed in the cage, placed behind the fence, being warehoused by the government, missing our kids and family or whatever other internal problems that were already pre-existing before the incarceration and that being intensified by 10 because of the incarceration. So of course, drug use and drug addiction is rampant in the chain gang. But the reality is, man, like no matter how high you get, you're going to come down. And you're still facing the same reality. You still got the same wounds. You still got the same pain. And 
it's only a temporal fix. And it's not even a fix. It's like a temporal numbing, a, temp- a temporal mask of trying to hide of what, you know, really that individual or myself that we're dealing with. So once again, man, the whole point is to drill home the ultimate truth is that only Jesus can bring fulfillment. You know, he's the one that gives healing. He's the one that gives purpose. He's the one that can give us the clarity and the vision to see our problems, you know, head up and to deal with what's going on with us or with the situation and ultimately rely upon him for comfort comfort, for peace, for fulfillment, and, you know, purpose in life. And even when we deal with the chaos, we can deal with it sober, head up, and through the wisdom that God gives to be able to navigate clearly. Um, but obviously, man, just like in the world, and especially in the prison system, not everybody has come to that point in life, and even myself as well at times, or in the past, having came to that point in life to where we can deal with those wounds and deal with those things properly. But rather than going to the ultimate healer for healing, the ultimate source, we look for a counterfeit source. And it's not even really a source of healing. It's more of a a source of distraction, you know, that just tries to numb the pain. All right, man. So listen, I hope y'all enjoyed this episode, man, about like dope in the chain gang and especially twack, that new age crack. Um, and you can just look it up on YouTube, man. You know, I'm sure you probably even see it like in your cities and downtown or poverty stricken communities. If you see like homeless people or drug addicts, like on the side of the road and they're all like, you know, bent up like this and like convulsing, man, 90% of the times, man, that's probably twack. Um, and like I said, man, it's become a new age crack, man. It's a new age epidemic and it's definitely um, prevalent in the prison system. So this is your boy E.I. the King, and this is the Incarceration Podcast, where I talk about prison, pre, post, and present, and how everything that I experienced throughout my incarceration has forever changed my life. So once again, man, listen, Forever Convict family, we are on the journey to 5,000 subscribers. So if you haven't subscribed, stop right now, scroll down a little bit, subscribe. And even if you already have subscribed, man, do me a favor, share this video, go back. There's a whole bunch of playlists that you're about to see here in a second. Watch these videos, man. And also too, man, if you've been incarcerated, whether it be the county jail or state prison or feds, whatever, man, go ahead and share a story, share an experience in the comments section or even ask a question that you want to hear if you're curious about or if you experience you want me to you know shine a light on it and talk about it whatever it may be I mean go ahead and hit that comic section and uh, we're gonna chop it up about it man journey to 5,000 subscribers and also too man if you don't know I am a rapper my artist name is EI the King all the links are in the description for Apple Music, Spotify. I got a whole nother YouTube channel, my official music channel, EI The King. And I also have another podcast. It's called Let Me Talk Bro. It's more about my life and ministry and things like that. So y'all go ahead and go to the other YouTube channel as well and subscribe. I also have a Patreon that has nothing but exclusive content. It's under construction right now, but a whole bunch of fire content and especially a lot of prison content, man. So go on the description right now now check it out and y'all stay tuned to the next episode forever convict